This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. When you start the journey of working for yourself, it can be exhilarating and terrifying all at once. Nicole Bayless knows because she has been there. She had a lot of old ideas and beliefs to let go of if she was to be true to herself and follow her deep desire to work for herself on her own terms. In her new book, Nicole shares all that she has learned while traveling two parallel paths, the spiritual path and the path to creating a successful business. Valeria Telles interviews Nicole Bayless, the author of Soulful and Successful Business, Spiritual Guidance for Succeeding in Your Own Business. Nicole Bayless is a spiritual healer and teacher. Through experiencing her own life challenges many years ago, she experienced an awakening that entirely changed her life. Through meditation, prayer, and study, Nicole began to receive truths and was shown we are all here to align to our soul and to live a life of joy, purpose, and abundance. In order to do this, however, we must be cleared of the old programming, conditioning, wounding, and self-limiting beliefs that prevent us from knowing who we really are. Nicole is a trained forensic energy healer, transpersonal counselor, and life path guide. The content of Nicole's work is channeled. She has written three books, A Shift to Bliss, Five Steps to Finding Love, and Soul Magic. Her current online courses are available from her website, and she offers free live events on her Facebook group, Path of Light. Nicole's mission is to share what she has learned and assist others on their journey to awakening. Meet Nicole at NicoleBayless.com.au. Here's the interview with Nicole Bayless. In your own words, who is Nicole Bayless? Well, I could say on an earthly level, I'm a healer, an author, uh, a teacher in some ways, but also on on a spiritual level, it's the old saying, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, and that's really all I am. I am just spirit. How did you come to this understanding or this realization that you were a spirit having a human experience? Oh, that's a long story, Valeria. Oh, I think, yeah, I can you imagine. know, I, I was raised, uh, you know, a traditional Catholic. Yeah. I, I remember always, I had a, I used to get these windows of, of, of knowing that even in church, but then I, I would disconnect because the way for me personally, it was presented through the church and a lot of the messages got very confusing to me. And it wasn't probably until my mid thirties that I started to really wake up and, I was reading a lot of books and on on different um, like on Buddhism and various authors who were helping me wake up. One book that really helped me a lot was um, oh that Neil Donald Walsh book, Conversations with God. 
suddenly something clicked for me and I realized I saw a much bigger picture. Oh, wow. So sometimes it just, it takes um, one, let's say, invitation, right, Nicole? Would you call it a shift of perspective or completely new understanding of life? I see it as the Buddhists see it, which is, they say life is a series of disillusionment with one, one veil at a time being taken off. Um, and, as, and, and we keep seeing more and more and more. And the other thing I would say, the other thing that has really helped me be, know that I'm, I'm a spirit is meditation. Why? Why meditation, Nicole? How can you describe the experience you have? I think for me personally, I've got quite, oh, I used to have quite a busy mind. My mind was me. <laughs> And as I began to just, I, I just started with mindfulness meditation. And just through that, I just, these realizations just would come through just watching my own thoughts and getting more in touch with that observer self within me that um, I wasn't, I wasn't my body. I wasn't my mind. I was this, uh, this being, yeah. this spiritual being. I have heard before, I'm sure you have too, that we are not thoughts. So I have asked the question about what are they? Do you have any idea what thoughts are? I would say <laughs> on, a, on an energetic level, I'd say they're, they're energetic forms. They are forms of energy and some are of the light and some are not. And um, I think for a lot of us in this world, particularly in the current world situation, many of us think really uh, over-identify with our thoughts. We think we are our thoughts. And that is, uh, is a challenge to, and it's not a detachment, is learning how to stay present, to listen to them, but not pay attention to them in a way, isn't it, Nicole? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it, we can't push them away. Right, we can't. In fact, the right. more we try and push them away, the more yeah. they come back like like a jack in the box. <laughs> so true. So true. But, yeah, so it's, true. they're part of us, and we need to lovingly accept every part of us, including our thoughts. But yeah. we we have the power to examine our thoughts and think, well, does that serve me? Is that really true, or isn't it? You wrote the book, the most recent one, titled Soulful and Successful Business, Spiritual Guidance for Succeeding in Your Own Business. Yeah, before I ask you other questions, because I have so many here, talk to me about the inspiration and the intention of writing this book. I think in my daily practice, I see a lot of people uh, who are in their own business or go or wanting to go into their own business, want, wanting to follow their purpose not trusting that it will be okay. You know, we have a lot of fear around that. I, I do believe that most of us have in this world have been educated to be employees, but not self-employed. And I think, uh, well, uh, well, I do believe that right now on earth, <clears throat> uh, there's, there's quite a shift going on with people, more and more people wanting to be true to themselves, wanting to follow their hearts and not their heads and wanting to, you know, find their purpose, follow their purpose. And the desire's there, but they're frightened or or they do it, but then they find it doesn't go as easily as they planned. And so this book is here basically to help them and guide them. It's essentially it's it's uh, spiritual guidance for anyone who works for themselves. And and I say in the forward 
I say, I want to share with you all that I've learned while traveling two parallel paths, the spiritual path and the path to creating a successful business. And so I, I, I share with people my own story around it and also some stories of my clients, just as anecdotes, just to, to um, illustrate a point. And you do it beautifully. And it is a guide because there are so many beautiful and suggestions, useful suggestions. It caught my attention. A lot of times when I read a book, any book, I see how interested I become in the content by the time that I spend. I plan to spend, let's say, two, three hours, and then I ended up being reading the book for six, seven hours. And that's when I know that there's something that, I mean, it's just, I, it's just the most beautiful thing from my perspective that we are all, at least the people that I, I'm in contact with, uh, engaged with people on this podcast, we are all trying to make this reality a more peaceful one by helping ourselves and helping others. It's really beautiful, Nicole. From my view here, it's the most beautiful thing. Thank you for doing that. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, part of it, after each chapter, as you know, there is something called crafting your spiritual business plan. So, you know, I'm, I'm giving exercises and prayers and all sorts of ideas of, you know, how they can deepen more into their spiritual selves and and the transformation. It's really easy to follow the steps and to learn fast because it's so not just simple, but it's easy to navigate. And I'll be going through exploring some of the topics and some of the chapters that caught my attention. Talk to me for a moment a bit more about true success. How do you define those words? Yes. Okay. So I started that chapter one is entitled True Success. And I say in the book, Let's let's just start as we mean to go on, because unless we establish that first, uh, you can go, take yourself down so many rabbit holes. But when we just establish what true success is to us, then we have our North Star. We have that anchor to hold on to. Um, so I say that very often in, in this modern world, a lot of us associate true success or success with fortune, fame, power, status. Unless we incorporate meaning and purpose, daily enjoyment, work-life balance, and making a positive contribution or difference, and that doesn't mean we have to be a healer as such. We can do whatever it is that we love to do that helps others. I basically say true success lies in doing what you love to do, making a positive difference in some way, and being fulfilled and abundant because of it. For a lot of us, we have this polarizing idea that we're either we can either sort of be in this more egoic success and it's all about the money and the the status and the whatever, or there's the other end of it, which is more to do good, it's more charitable, it's, it's not at all about the money. But really true success lies in the middle, which is the universal law of balance. I, I talk about a lot about the universal laws in this book. And so it's 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 this it's both. It's we we are allowed Money is the currency through which uh, we live on this earth. It's the way we make um, abundance and a living and enjoy our lives. And so we are worthy and deserving of money. But at the same time, it's also about the meaning, the purpose, the enjoyment and making the positive difference. When it comes to this idea of making money and doing what we love to do, I see 
that happened to me and I'm sure to you too, this doing spiritual work and making money from it. A lot of spiritual teachers, they refrain from it. They don't like the idea. <laughs> they believe that money is not a spiritual thing. And then they create this detachment or, or judgmental ideas about money. So talk to me a bit more about those misconceptions. Yeah, what caused us to have them? Yes, uh, that's a great question. I, I, I devote a whole chapter to transforming your relationship with money and you know, looking back at your family story around money because that's always a big one. Yeah. And I also talk about how particularly for women and for women who are mm. healers, well that's a, yeah. a that's a double that's a double whammy. Yeah. Um, yeah. that we have really we have really have been conditioned to believe that it's not okay to charge money when it comes to healing. Um, that uh, somehow that is wrong. And so I, I give a lot of examples of this in the book and and one of the beliefs around money is it's not spiritual to be rich. It's greedy to be rich. It's wrong to focus on money. If you focus on money, you don't care about people. And yet, as I explained to many of my clients, when we charge money for our services, we're simply exchanging energy. And so that leaves that other person, the person you're doing the healing with, uh, it leaves them, they're not owing you anything. So, so the transaction is complete. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of work on changing their mindset around money and knowing that it really is divinely right and, and that the universe wants always that for there to be a fair exchange. When there's not a fair exchange, uh, karmically, something is left undone. So that is one of the things that was really challenging for me to understand. Yeah, that money is uh, energetic exchange and there's nothing nothing wrong with that wow that was a tough one that me. that was a big one for me and yeah. i think I, I also i talk about in the book how in in my family it wasn't okay to talk about money even so uh, i would be um, I, I talk about being told off by my parents at the dinner table when i was about seven years old for asking my father how much he earned and from then, I never talked about money. So when it came to starting my own business, just all my money stuff came up overwhelmingly. And to be able, you know, to to charge people to talk about it, to it it took uh, a fair bit of uh, self examination and healing <laughs> to transform that. But you know, once I think the awareness is half the healing done, the understanding of self. And then there are many ways, then, and, and it's not that hard to change your relationship with money. In your book, you say true success lies in doing what you love to do, making a positive difference in some way, and being fulfilled and abundant because of it. So this phrase kind of um, sums up everything that you been talking about, which is the same thing, but I love the way you put it together here, doing what you love and making a difference. So it's like loving yourself and others at the same time, isn't it? That giving and receiving, which is one of the laws too, universal laws. That's right. But the universal law of giving and receiving. So universe works on exchange. And this is opposed as opposed to the old paradigm, which most of us have lived in, and I know I did, which is I need to work to make money to pay my bills, and then maybe I'll get some time for myself to enjoy myself yeah. uh, when when that's done. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Whereas you know, we, we are actually worthy. We are worthy and deserving of, of enjoying every day, loving loving the work we do, uh, loving 
loving everything and and enjoying everything uh, and that's 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 a big shift that is going on for a lot of people right now yeah what an important message and now waiting to be happy because that is such a misconception oh. <laughs> isn't it i'll wait for after and then what about if we lose the body before then uh, we never know right life is so unpredictable that's kind of silly to think that way but it's understandable coming from where we came from like giving all the things the false limiting beliefs that we have learned so it's understandable and 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 this is where we must have compassion for ourselves because none none of this programmed thinking is our fault it has been handed down from generation to generation and you know this is it's it's a very uh it's almost like a webbing we could say that that we are ensconced in that that old way of thinking and you know we are in the process of releasing that and and living in a new paradigm that's great news and a beautiful vision so talk to me for a moment about 2020 nicole and what changed for you what insights have you gained from the events in 2020 as in the COVID 19 and um well as i speak sydney is once again in lockdown oh really? uh, Still. we've got we've got the delta strain here yes yeah. well we we mm. kind of we were kind of we're behind you we did, we have had very little covid and then now it's all happening oh, um yeah. so do you know well i think big picture it is all part of this process um and i think it's brought up a lot of fear for people it's brought up a lot of things for people but i do believe that the covid-19 is a big part of a big change that needs to happen on our planet and uh, we can't actually let go of fear until fear is actually brought up for us and to examine. I, th I think many things are going to probably change in the world, but I do believe for the better. And we're being forced to. One wonderful thing that I have noticed is this really is about putting people first and not business, economics, money first. Governments have been forced to put people first. And, and right. that is divinely right. Uh. And the fear, that's well said. In your book, you say love is what creates abundance. So do you see fear as the opposite of love? I think, I think fear is where there is a lack of love and a lack of uh, spiritual understanding. Um, fear, uh, there's the old saying, fear is false evidence appearing real. Yeah. And that also oh. creates the false sense of lack, right, Nicole? Because the universe, the life, it's so abundant. But fear somehow obscures and kind of covers that reality. Yes. And then it, it leads us down the path of either greed, you know, because we, we worried there's never going to be enough. It, it, um, from fear, we never make good choices mm. from love will always make a good choice and that's um, an interesting uh, point they just made because some people they make a lot of money from that space from that space of fear and then you're from what I, I understand you just said that that's a survival kind of mechanism at play they're just becoming greed and trying to have as much as they can hurt in a way hurting they call this uh this idea of accumulation, right, of things. So and that's a false sense and of abundance, isn't it? It is a false sense of abundance. And sadly, it really leads to fulfillment because uh, I, I talk in the book a, a lot about 
well, not a lot, but some some clients who have made money their god, and you know that they've they've become extremely successful financially, but very often the rest of their lives aren't doing so well. Very often their relationships suffer. Uh, because they're not manifesting in balance. When you make money the number one priority, it won't work out as far as happiness and fulfillment go. Because money, it's the wrong thing to focus on. It's That's simply the energy of exchange that ha- helps bring abundance in all its ways. Uh, when we make purpose and what we're passionate about, our goal, the money will come. The money is part of it and it's part of the whole picture. So true. And I love the way you say that. It just reminded me um, again, I was reminded before this years back about relationships. So that's how important it is to have this relationship with other people, which um, from my perspective is just uh, this relationship of unconditional love with life being open, being curious, being light. And then, yeah, everything flows from that space. I have seen that myself. I, I have experienced it too. Yeah. And I noticed whenever I focus just on the money or I don't have enough money, well, I just keep manifesting not enough money or wish, wishing I had money but didn't have money. <laughs> and when I began just to focus on what I'm here to do, then the money came and so did everything else. Talk to me for a moment about there's a law, uh, universal law that you mentioned in the book that for some reason the word might be just catches my attention pretty fast. <laughs> the universal law of surrender. How does it work and how do we learn to apply that law, Nicole? Okay. Um, now, surrender is a big one for a lot of people. Uh, some people can see uh, the, the idea of surrender as um, sort of giving up. But I see Surrender is simply about handing over. Surrendering is handing over your vision. You could hand your vision over to this loving universe. The universe is a supreme intelligence. So when we hand something over to the universe, it knows exactly what to do with it, far more than we know what to do with it. So if you have a vision for yourself and your life, you can hand it, you, you can visualize it, you then surrender it to the universe and say, I surrender this to you. Um, show me the way. You can also surrender your your worries, your fears. We all have worries and fears. You can surrender problems, challenges to the universe. I do a lot of surrendering in the prayers in Soulful and Successful Business. So we can uh, strengthen our source connection through surrendering every day. I begin every day with, I surrender this day to you. And and I, I have a chat with the universe around you know, what I'd like to achieve. But but then I surrender saying not in the belief that if this is meant to happen, thank you that it may happen. And if something is more important today, I trust in that too. And it's about letting go of this over-attachment to outcomes of deadlines, of things you know, we have to do today uh, and getting more in that flow of trusting that sometimes I use the words in the book quite a lot, thy way. And not my way. I wonder if we can say I surrender my life in a sense of I don't have a life. I am life. I'm one with the universe. Is that something that means the same thing as the message that you're trying to communicate? Or am I saying something else? No, absolutely. We can surrender our, and and that is really what we're here to do. And to live a, a, a surrendered life. 
it doesn't mean that we can't have hopes and dreams. We're human and we were given that ability. We become co-creators when we surrender. And so it's a, it's both. It's having knowing that there's a deep desire within us, but then we surrender that. And, um, you know, years ago I manifested a life that I thought I wanted. And in my mid-40s, more and more I became realized that I was unfulfilled, that there was something missing. And even though it looked on paper, I had everything anyone could want. And I realized what that was, was I'd, I'd manifested a lot of things from my ego and, and from my wounded self. And I realized that they weren't particularly making me happy. And then my life changed and I, I be, when I surrendered and I actually I got I went through this transformation where I thought you know what I don't even know what I want I'm just surrendering to the universe and say just over to you over to you and then ah uh, and that's when I you know I went on a totally different journey I had no idea before then I was you know I had had it in me to be a healer an author or anything else but then I was shown that is the power and and uh, what I also say in soulful and successful is that many of us have talents and abilities within us that we don't even realize we have until we do surrender, until we start the journey of purpose. Now, I wonder why so many of us fight and resist to surrender. It's just attachment to the ego, Nicole, or there is another other fear or all the, the above. Fear, yeah. Yeah, the- yeah, the, the fear of letting go, the, the mistrust. And yeah. I think I think we get better and better at it the more we do certain spiritual practices such as meditation. I think we and, – and the other thing, of course, is whenever we have – if we've ever surrendered something and seen a miracle, see something work out, our, it, our faith gets stronger. That's certainly what's happened for me in my life. Um, you know, I've surrendered so many times when I've been in, in, a, in a deeply bad or desperate place. And I've seen a miracle literally, you know, the next day. And I think, oh, my goodness, there are no accidents here. And so now and then you just your faith just does get stronger and stronger in that loving universe. Often when you're going through a deep transformation, it's things don't necessarily get better immediately. When I say a miracle, a miracles aren't always what we expect. So, for example, if you're going through a big challenge, trust that when you surrender, you'll just be shown the next step and the next step. It's not necessarily that you wake up and everything's <laughs> rosy and wonderful. Right, right. It's more that, you know, it's almost like a, a treasure hunt. You know, that you, you'll be shown something. Someone will suggest, oh, maybe you should read this book or, oh, you need to see this person or, you know, and, and then it, it takes you on a path to the next part of the transformation. That sounds very playful, which uh, it makes sense that the universe would be playful in light, right? I kind of relate playfulness to lightness, so that uh, it's all connected, that energy of light, right? Just having fun, enjoying uh, yourself in life. I mean, not just, but uh, including that for sure, as you suggest in your book too. I think as much as we can, we need to enjoy life. So chapter three, I, I do talk about the magic of getting there and to focus on the journey and not the destination because the ego will have us obsessing over, you know, that, that final outcome of whatever it was that was on our vision board or in our vision statement. And yet 
you know, if we just live in gratitude every day for what we have in the now and appreciate everything we've manifested so far and just stay in the now, that is the path to happiness. Uh, again, that, that ego will trick us. I'm going to be happy when I'm over there. And then, and so then when we feel that every day, every moment is lacking because we're not over there yet. It becomes a chase. Uh, you're chasing life itself or uh, chasing happiness, which never works. In your book, in that specific chapter three, you talk about uh, the universal law of pure potential. And you say you are pure potential. Within you exists infinite possibilities. Of course, you said more than that. But That is, uh, it resonates so true to me because that's what we are, infinite possibilities. And excess in that takes that uncovering fear or not becoming fearless. Uh, would you say, Nicole, becoming fearless or, or having love, following love as our guide, having love as a guide? Having love as our guide and I say here that the intention to work for yourself and to want to be successful breaks you out of an old mold. You have talents and abilities within you you don't even know you have yet. The universal law of perpetual transmutation of energy, that's quite a, a mouthful, it's another one, deems, deems that you have all the power within you to transform yourself and your circumstances, which then would lead me to chapter four, which is transform your relationship with yourself. Because If you go into business uh, or purpose, you, know, you are your business. Your business is simply uh, an outer expression of you. You said that, um, chapter four. I love that because what could be more real than that? Like the, the exterior, it's, uh, it's the mirror. And you say that. We're just a reflection. You say everything that happens to us and around us is a mirror of what we believe about ourselves. And that's what you just said. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the universal law of belief deems that whatever we believe, we create. So if you believe you're not good enough, then your business will never be good enough. If you believe you're not important, your business won't ever become important. And so I go through a lot of self-limiting beliefs that I have noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs may be struggling with. Uh, I give examples of how we locate that belief and go a bit more into their story of why they would have that belief. And then, you know, just as we said before, just holding up that mirror Yeah. understanding where that belief comes from. And then I, I would just give my clients affirmations, you know, to reprogram that belief. Some people, they ask, they really want to know the signs. Please talk to me about the signs when we are guided by the universe. What does it look like? Would you be able to describe what that is like? I think signs are very personal to people. Right. But... Um, I talk in the book about the signs I would get. The dragonfly was always a sign that I was in a transformation. Things were changing. Yeah. Butterflies would, uh, that's the, they're often a, a symbol of, of transformation. But for me, they were often just a, a guide that I was on the right track. Numbers as well, particularly double or triple numbers, are often signs to people that um, they're, you know, they're on their path. Um, but often I'd get the most bizarre signs, such as, uh, you know, words 
in a song on the radio that told me exactly, exactly <laughs> my answer that I would yeah. want or a sign on a bus going past me would. <laughs> and again, this, the universe does have, have a sense of humour. And yeah, sometimes right. when you get these signs, they are so uncanny. They are so in your face and you can't help. I often laugh out loud when I see them and I just, yeah. And, and you realise it's, it is a playful universe, as you said. It is, uh, you know, it's playful and it's loving. So I say to people, say every day uh, in your meditation or in your prayers, um, I'm open to signs and guidance and, and stay open to signs and guidance. You, you may be amazed at what you see. And the more present we are, the more we are able to see signs and guidance. Um, when we, if we're not present, uh, it's very hard. It, presence, it's amazing. It's almost like, again, another layer comes off. You see things that you wouldn't normally see right. if you're not present. So meditation, it's a great practice for that clarity, right? Yes, yeah, so or even just quiet contemplative time, like, you know, walking, mm -hmm. taking a walk in a park or on a beach or, and, or sitting on a park bench, just noticing nature. That is also, you know, a, a great way just to bring spaciousness to your mind, just stillness, quietness is a really important part, I think, of the transformational process. If we are constantly busy, constantly in the, in the mind, yeah. uh, there, there is no space for these realizations and to see the signs. And that is so, so I keep saying that because it resonates true to me, um, to my being, when you say that. Um, it, it seems like thoughts, they come to us or grab our attention when we are separated from life, when we are feeling separated from the universe, as you call it. They, they come more often and they stay here. They definitely do. Another thing I do, which I often suggest to people they do, is before you go to sleep, if you have a problem, you can surrender that problem to the universe and ask that that divine guidance comes to you as you sleep. You can surrender um, an idea you may have. And often when I've done this, I've woken up often in that place of, you know, when you're just sort of half asleep, half awake, um, very often I'll, I'll be, I'll have a very strong dream or almost what I call a download of, uh, of inspiration that will just come come in then. And I've been quite amazed at how often I've been given inspiration to do something at the right time. That, again, it's like a download. It's come out of nowhere. It didn't come out of uh, my busy thinking mind. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's definitely come more that, you know, through the, when I'm, I'm out of it, asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call, I think in your book, chapter eight, you have the daily practices. Uh, the chapter is titled Your Ideal Workday. You add a spiritual connection. That's what comes to me. That This is one of the practices. Just stay connected so we can listen and we can see better. And, and look, we're all different. Not everyone is into meditation and that's okay. As I say, quiet time, uh, peaceful time, walking in nature. There's many ways to just calm your mind. And also in Chapter 8, I, yes, I give a series of prayers as well for all sorts of situations, such as, you know, if, if, if you are working for yourself and if business is slow, there's a prayer. If business is getting too busy and you're stressed, there's a prayer. If you're worried about money, there's a prayer. There's, um, and again, it's, it's these prayers are very much based on surrendering to the universe. Um, and this is what I learned was very much 
uh, it was only through surrendering that uh, the miracles would come. I didn't see the law of love, but I think there is one, right, Nicole? I think the 20... There would have to be a universal right, law of love. Right, right. Love, love, love is everything. Yes, it, it yeah. It really is everything. It, it, it uh, infiltrates everything. And, that. you know, it's loving everything, loving our challenges as well as the miracles. Because when we go on the path of the entrepreneur, we are going to experience both miracles and challenges. It's both. The challenges are simply showing us where we need to transform and grow. I love the message too. So unconditional love, that's the practice to loving everything, but not necessarily loving the sense of enjoying, right, Nicole? But because we cannot enjoy, let's say, pain or witnessing unfairness and violence and all that. But it is a level of acceptance might be. Acceptance is love. So mm, accepting yeah. our difficult feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the mm. universal law of attraction has been misused uh, with too much egoic teaching around this about, you know, being in a high vibration all the time, love, love, you know, just only only being positive, you know. But we all have difficult emotions and every emotion that comes up is there for us to feel and for us to accept. And when we accept the, the, the emotions and feel them, they get integrated, we, we, we process them and we will eventually return to this more peaceful, loving vibration. But by if we are constantly pushing these difficult feelings down or away from us, that they can create uh, illness, mental illness, you know, because it's like a snowball effect. They never get processed. So your teachings, you include the, the 21 universal laws. Are they based on the law of attraction adapted by you or these are yeah yeah good question there are many universal laws i mean these are 21 that i have chosen um but the universal law of attraction is only one universal law and that is the one that the greatest focus on is, is on in the world right now but unless we actually know about the other universal laws that's why a lot of people say well why isn't that universal law of attraction working for me because there's many other laws And and they are all really they're not none or are less or more important. Interesting that you say that. So I was only aware it's so popular the law of attraction that it's the only law I heard about and I hear. Although I have interviewed other people about those different kinds of laws, law of love, and you now really expanded my mind on that. And that's that's great to know. So the law of attraction is just one of the law that we have focused on for some reason. But there are so many exactly. others. And I think it's all perfect. I think that's the one that, that resonated most with the mass consciousness, uh, you know, became very big with, with the book The Secret and a number of other books that came out at the time um, in around about 2000 or early 2000s. But more and more, I think people are seeking other laws. Um, can I share with you just a couple that may yes. be of help to your yeah, listeners today? Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, one is the law of divine timing. I think this is such mm. an important one. And basically, the universal law of divine timing is that the universe is in charge of timing of everything, not our ego. Now, we've lived in a, in a world where egoic forced timing uh, has been the way for a long time. And if we think about how a rose blossoms, a rose blossoms naturally, organically in divine timing. And when it does, it has a beautiful scent. It lasts for quite some time. Now, we could compare that with 
a rose that is forced to, to bloom in a hothouse. And it, yes, it will bloom. It won't last very long and it'll have no scent. Um, because most of us are working not with the universal law of timing. And we are trying to force our own will upon time. And when we work with timing and just understand that, that, you know, I'm co-creating with the universe, it will happen when it's meant to happen. You know, I need to let go of this forcing and pushing to, for things to happen. Um, so that's a really important one. Another one is the universal law of forgiveness. Forgiveness is so important. And forgiveness is basically sets us free. So if there's anything or anyone we need to forgive, we need to be um, looking at that and working on that because uh, it, it unforgiveness shuts the heart down. It, it stops us from fully loving. And so, so that's such an important one for people. And um, the universal law of gratitude. So basically when, when we're grateful, when we're in gratitude for everything, we attract more to us. But we, if we're out of gratitude, it means we're in lack. We're just noticing what we haven't got. That's yeah. by default. We are all programmed mm. for that one. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, um, by no. practicing, act, proactively oh. practicing gratitude every day for everything we have, um, more good will come. But we cannot actually manifest anything if we're out of gratitude. If we're thinking, is that all there is? I don't have enough, um, you know, and just focusing on our problems and the lack of money that's sitting in our bank account. Um, it's very hard to manifest from that place. Yeah. It makes so much sense to me. It's almost common sense, right, Nicole? But some of us don't get it. We have to be reminded, as I'm, I keep saying that too. And all of us, and as I said to you, even before yeah. we started this interview, Valeria, I've written this book. I'm still living this book. And I have days when, when I forget and I struggle and I, you know, we are all on a path to awakening. And this is where, again, self-compassion, we just need these reminders. Thank you for being that reminder today. Today and the whole week, actually, because I have been reading your book. So thank you so much again for your message, your wisdom, and this openness, being open to the wisdom of the universe, of life itself, to flow through you and deliver this message to us. It's really beautiful from my perspective, as I keep saying that too. So at the end of your book, you include the affirmations for the 21 universal laws, and you also have affirmations to counteract old self-limiting beliefs. And you also have a simple meditation practice to bring more presence and awareness. Yeah, you just reminded me how much presence opens up the clarity. It's so crucial when it comes to that, to quiet the mind. I love what you said earlier, too, about awareness is half of the work of healing, being aware of whatever it is that's getting in the way. That's empowerly said. I don't know if that word exists, but it's an empowering statement. Before we, I ask you one more question, Nicole, the ending question, would you like to add anything or read any other passage in your book? I'll finish with something I, I say just at the end of the book, which is always celebrate your wins. So whether it's a new client, a new sale, a successful marketing campaign, or any other manifestation of a successful business, celebrate. A prayer of gratitude and making the time to sit with the joy of these small successes. 
will raise your vibration, magnify that success and attract further success. And then I complete the chapter with a quote by the boxer, Joe Lewis, and he says, a champion doesn't become a champion in the ring. He's merely recognized in the ring. His becoming happens during his daily routine. Thank you so much again for being that reminder. And for some of us, a reminder, and for some of us, the awakening of that truth. Thank you, Nicole. My last question to you is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to know before they leave the body? You're here. (laughs) (laughs) You're here to enjoy, number one. (laughs) Yes, I agree, a thousand percent. Um, you're here to find your true self, your soul self. There is a world of love there to enjoy. There's a world of fear and the world of love. And the, the less you can identify with the fear out there, the fear and lack out there and go more within your heart, you will find that world of love. Yes. Thank you so much again. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services and future projects? Oh, thank you. Uh, you can find my web, me on my website, which is uh, nicolebaylis.com.au. Um, I'm based in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I have a, a healing uh, group on Facebook, which is Path of Light with Nicole Bayless. I hold free meditation events and talks. And you can find my books on most book platforms. And this book, Soulful and Successful Business will be available as a paperback, an ebook, and an audiobook. Wonderful. And we'll have the release date. Actually, I'll release this episode when the book is already out there so the audience knows. Thank you so much again, Nicole. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Nicole Bayless and her work, please visit nicolebayless.com.au. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.